Blog Talk Radio. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest friend. But holy trust in Jesus' name Christ alone Cornerstone Weak made strong In the Savior's love Through the storm He is Lord, Lord I rest on His unchanging grace In every high and stormy gale My anchor falls within the veil internet world and welcome to the cross in the desert speaking hope and freedom to iran i'm your host randy l noble and i want to say once again thank you so much for taking time out of your busy life and schedule to join me today on my podcast today is monday january 22nd 2024 today i want to talk to you about something called the great reset globalist agenda for a one world government. If you've never heard that term before, you're going to be very familiar with its content and what it all means for us as Christians as you listen to this program today. Speaking of the Great Reset, I'm going to relate all of this information, this teaching, these concepts to Bible prophecy and why we as Christians should be very much aware of what's going on in our world as these globalist elitists from every walk of life meet every January 
at a place called Davos, Switzerland. It's the World Economic Forum. Well, what on earth is the World Economic Forum? It's an international organization for public-private cooperation. It engages business, cultural elitists, and they're committing their time together in this meeting to set the agenda for how best our world should function according to their principles. Well, the title, Great Reset, came out of the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020, and it was an opportunity for these globalist elitists to meet together and to look at the circumstances of this pandemic and how we can shape this world through this awful pandemic and how we can come together and find ways to improve our living. Well, it sounds good on the surface, but you have to understand something about the agenda of the World Economic Forum. It's all about climate change. It's all about the Green Deal. It's all about build back better. You heard that from President Biden. So what is this agenda? I thought it'd be best, before I answer that question, for you to hear it from themselves. This is from the World Economic Forum. This was recorded, I think, about in 2020, but I want you to pay careful attention about what this is all about, and we're going to listen right now. The pandemic has radically changed the world as we know it, and the actions we take today as we work to recover will define our generation. Oh, is the time to think what history would say about this crisis. 2020 has been challenging on a lot of levels, as economic, environmental and societal frailties have been laid bare. But it's also proved that when we need to, we can act rapidly and restructure our lives. Recovery from the pandemic is an opportunity. We can see rays of hope in the form of a vaccine, but there is no vaccine for the planet. Nature needs a bailout. You don't want to go back to the status quo that you had before simply because it was the status quo that got us here. With everything falling apart, we can reshape the world in ways we couldn't before. Ways that better address so many of the challenges we face. And that's why so many are calling for a great reset. A great reset? That sounds more like buzzword bingo masking some nefarious plans for world domination. Hands up, this kind of slogan hasn't gone down well. But all we really want to say is that we all have an opportunity to build a better world. And it's not surprising that people who've been disenfranchised by a broken system and pushed even further by the pandemic will suspect global leaders of conspiracy. But the world's not that simple. Every one of us has differing priorities, values, and ideas. That's part of why solutions are so hard to come by and why we all need to be involved in the decision-making. Because whether it's politicians, CEOs, academics, activists, or you, we're all about getting people together even those you may not like, to sit down at the table and develop solutions that work for all of us. But... There is enormous trust between the private sector and the public sector for this to actually work. That trust is hard to come by. It's time for people to work together, listen to each other, and build this trust so we can move towards a better world. And we really need one. Because while the pandemic affects us all, it's clear it affects some more than others. 
first people who are hit are the people at the front, those who are vulnerable. It is those on the front line who take it first, and that is simply unacceptable. See, at the start of 2020, 1% of the world's population owned 44% of the wealth. And since the start of the pandemic, billionaires have increased theirs by more than 25%, whilst 150 million people fell back into extreme poverty. And with climate change set to dwarf the damage caused by the pandemic, the message from 2020 should be abundantly clear. Capitalism, as we know it, is dead. This obsession that we have had with maximizing profits for shareholders alone has led to incredible inequality and a planetary emergency. But no one can do this alone. And top-down approaches won't get us anywhere because everything we've learned in our work has shown us that diverse voices lead to better results. And it's for these reasons that the forum talks about something called stakeholder capitalism, which would shift businesses away from just profit. Because if we want to change where the focus of our recovery will go, then we need a new dashboard for the new economy. And that needs to encompass people, planet, prosperity, and institutions. Giving people a real stake in the economy and putting well-being before growth. And that's all about getting the right people in the right place at the right time. We must rebuild our relationship with nature for the survival of the people and our planet. We have a window of time which is closing and we need everybody who cares to get together and find solutions now. It's the people who have great ideas and who share them with others. They're the ones who are shaping the future. So if you want to be a part of the change, then tune in, turn on and get involved. Follow the Davos Agenda right here, online, on YouTube. Oh, this past week we had these globalist elitist meeting in Davos, Switzerland, headed by the chairman of the World Economic Forum, Schwab, who's been the chairman, I believe, for the last 50 years, getting the right people in the right place at the right time, building a better world. Well, a little bit about these globalist elitists. They're mostly agnostic, atheists. They're committed to socialism, which is akin to communism, which is anti-capitalism and climate change and all of these elements. And you say, well, why should I be interested in that? Well, I want you to hear from the Watchman newscast just exactly how this relates to Bible prophecy and what they are committed to doing in this world when they meet every January. Let's listen. Today on the newscast, the Great Reset, how the push for global government and a digital currency is growing, and why 2030 is such a pivotal year for this sinister agenda. That's coming up. Hey folks, Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman Newscast. What would you say if I told you that by the year 2030, you'll own nothing? have no privacy, and yet you'll be happy that you'll live in a cashless society where all currency is digital and that everyone on earth will require a digital ID to travel freely. And that much like communist China, you'll be given a social credit score that determines how loyal you are to this new global system and those who control it. The end game is a one world government. To many, this sounds like something straight out of George Orwell's 1984, but 
I believe an even better guidepost would be the Book of Revelation and the coming Antichrist-led system. Now, some very powerful global players, led by the World Economic Forum and with the enthusiastic backing of some Western leaders, major corporations, and the UN, are openly promoting this radical transformation of society. They call it the Great Reset. And folks, it's not a conspiracy or a theory when the people behind it are telling you out loud what they intend to do. I recently hosted... Again, this is the Watchman newscast, which is on the cutting edge of what's going on in the world and how it identifies with Bible prophecy. This is a lot of information, but I want you to be aware, not afraid. We who are Christians wait for the return of Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, to bring the real great reset. He's the Lord of the universe and the Lord of, of time. He's the Alpha and Omega. But we need to be informed be educated about what this all means and how it's trying to shape our world. If you think back in biblical history, Genesis chapter 11, Nimrod and a great society built a tower to Babel. God didn't take that very happily. He judged the tower and scattered the races in Genesis chapter 11 because they believed they were God and they were going to set the agenda for this world and come together in this one world society. Well, that's what the Great Reset is all about. It's a globalist agenda for a one world government. So I want you to understand more specifically what this is all about, and I want us to hear right now for a couple of minutes a great biblical scholar – uh, prophecy expert Jeff Kinley, who together with Mark Hitchcock wrote a book a couple of years ago about Davos, about the World Economic Forum, about the Great Reset called the Global Reset. And here's Jeff Kinley fine on what this is really all about. Let's listen. So take us through this Great Reset we're hearing about uh, that we're seeing from the World Economic Forum and how it may be playing into the end times prophecy. Help us out a little bit here. Yeah, well, I'd say, first of all, just a response to the video you just played, that all of this is very intentional on their part. This is not a, a some sort of a proposal they're making to the world. This is an intentional uh, program that they're wanting to implement. In fact, uh, the World Economic Forum has its disciples in just about every country in the world, uh, including our own. Uh, President Biden was one of the keynote speakers in the 2016 gathering there of the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. Uh, his campaign, Build Back Better, his whole presidency really is built around a phrase taken right out of the world economic playbook. But basically what, what they're saying, uh, David, is that the world is broken as it is. Uh, people have uh, too much freedom. Uh, nations are too independent. Uh, money is too individual. And we have to change that. And essentially what they'd like to do is uh, to eliminate uh, all national borders. Uh, they want to do away with capitalism completely, uh, implement what, what we know as communism but in their mind, it's basically the global elites controlling everything in the world. And as it, it's uh, displayed in these um, clips you just showed, they want to be able to come in and basically know everything about you. Everything's going on biologically with you, emotionally to read you, uh, to know where your choices are so that they can control you. And they're doing that through implementing their strategy in the world today. Take us through how that, all of what you just laid out, kind of plays into an end times biblical prophecy because a lot of people are very curious about the intersection between the two. Uh, that's a great question. Well, think about it like uh, many rivers, little tributary rivers, kind of feeding into one grand narrative. 
that's essentially what the Bible says is going to happen in the last days, that there are many uh, things that are going to happen that are going to feed into what God has prophesied. And what the Lord says in his word is that there's going to be a final one world global government uh, that's going to be headed up by one man. Uh, that man is called Antichrist or he's called the beast. Uh, he's called the lawless one in the scripture. And this person essentially is going to run the global government. That's what this is all about. For centuries, we've heard it uh, from the United Nations, uh, from Robert Mueller, who lived in the 80s and talked about this one world government, this new world order. Really what it's all about is what Scripture has said centuries ago. And I want us to now look very carefully at a pivotal passage of Scripture because this is going to set the stage for what this is all about. These globalists probably have no idea what they're actually doing. They are setting an agenda that one day will be implemented by a man known as Antichrist who will peacefully come into a chaotic situation, which I believe will happen right after the rapture of the church, to explain this mass disappearance. What has happened? Billions of people have suddenly vanished from the planet. And this one man, I believe, that comes out of a revived Roman empire will lead the way in explaining this mass disappearance and bringing calmness to a chaotic world when the rapture occurs. So I want us to take very carefully a look at Revelation chapter 13, which is exactly uh, what Jeff Kinley heard there just a couple of minutes ago was describing. And I want you to think about what we've learned so far about the agenda of globalism uh, and the agenda of the World Economic Forum, the digital currency, uh, the digital tracking, the anti-capitalism, uh, the socialist agenda with climate change, with knowing everything all about us, George Orwell 1984, build back better. We're going to shape what this world desperately needs, and these globalist elitists are, think they're acting on our behalf and doing good things for us. Actually, they're playing right into the hands of a coming world leader. Revelation chapter 13. Dragon stood shore of the sea, saw a beast coming out of the sea. It had ten horns and seven heads. This is showing these ten horns, the seven heads, this ten crowns and its horn. Each head had a blasphemous name. This is a revival of revived Roman Empire that once was dead but now is being revived. The beast I saw resembled a leopard but had feet like those of a bear and a mouth like that of a lion. The dragon, the beast, his power in his throne and great authority. So we know the dragon in scripture is a representative of evil and Satan. And so the Antichrist, which is a world economics person rising out of the revived Roman Empire, will get his power from Satan himself. The dragon gave the beast his power and his throne and authority. One of the heads of the beast seemed to have had a fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed. This leader, presumably, according to Bible prophecy experts, will be killed and then all of a sudden return to life. 
the fatal wound was healed. The whole world was filled with wonder, and because of this, they followed the beast. People worshipped the dragon because he had given authority to the beast. And they also worshipped the beast and asked, who is like the beast? Who can wage war against it? Well, this is Antichrist, who will appear like a messiah, a world savior, a world leader. And look, he has great power. He recovered from a deadly wound. But this is what the scripture calls him. The world will call him a peaceful ruler, someone that we should follow that has great wisdom. But the Bible labels him for what he really is, beast. It says in verse 5, the beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise its authority for 40 months or three and a half years it opened its mouth to blaspheme god and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven so this beast this uh, antichrist it appears as a man of peace but everything he stands for is opposed to who god is he sits in the place of god he claims to be god second thessalonians chapter two he will do that after the temple has been rebuilt, the point of the tribulation, he will walk into the temple rebuilt in Jerusalem and declare himself to be God. It says he opened its mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. It was given power to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer him. So there will be people after the great rapture who will become Christians, and of course the Antichrist at this time will wage war against God's holy people to conquer them. So obviously the goal of Antichrist is to rid the world of these Christians. And it was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. Thus the one world government, this beast, this antichrist will be given authority to rule over the entire world. All the inhabitants of the earth worship the beast. All names have not been written in the Lamb's book of life, the Lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. Why will they worship him? Because they are not saved. They are not truly Christians. They are deceived by this man with great wisdom and power and world statue. Whoever has ears, let them hear. If anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity, they will go. If anyone is to be killed with the sword, with the sword, they will be killed. This calls for patience, endurance, and faithfulness on the part of God's people. So there will be Christians after the rapture who will have to fight and to stay alive and survive. Then it says in verse 11, Then I saw a second beast coming out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, but it spoke like a dragon. It exercised all the authority of the first beast on its behalf and made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. And it performed great signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to earth in view of the people. Because of the signs, it was given power to perform on behalf of the first beast. It deceived the inhabitants of the earth. 
It ordered them to set up an image in honor of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. The second beast was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast so that the image could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. So Antichrist wants worship. It also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hands or on their foreheads so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark. Tracking which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the person who has insight calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. That number is 666. This whole digital revolution taking place with artificial intelligence, that would be easy to set up an image to worship this Antichrist. This digital tracking, this forcing people to take a marker they cannot buy or sell, all plays into the plans, I believe, very carefully of the World Economic Forum. Now, there was a man there, Heritage Foundation. His name was Kevin Roberts. He challenged thinking and the agenda of the World Economic Forum. This is very good. I want you to hear what Kevin Roberts had to say to them. One thing that Davos, you might say, and the people come here stand up for is liberal democracy. It's laughable that you would, or anyone would describe Davos as protecting liberal democracy. I'll be candid here because I think I've been invited here to be candid. Elites tell us that open borders and even illegal immigration are okay. The average person tells us in the United States that both rob them of the American way of life. Elites also tell us that public safety isn't a problem in big American cities just travel to New York or Washington or Dallas, Texas. The average person will tell you that the lack of public safety damages not just the American way of life, but their life. Elites tell us that we, we have this existential crisis with so-called climate change. The solutions, the average person know, cost more human lives, especially in Europe during the time that you need heating than do the problem and the problems themselves. The fourth, China. The number one adversary, not just to the United States, but to free people on planet Earth. Not only do we at, at Davos not say that, we give the Chinese Communist Party a platform. And fifth, as we sit here, another supranational organization, the World Health Organization, is discussing foisting gender ideology upon the global south. These are practices that are under review, if not being rejected, by countries in Northern Europe. The new president, especially if it's President Trump, will, as you like to say, trust the science. He will understand the basic biological reality of manhood and womanhood. And do you know why? Not because of retribution, not because he's a dictator, but because he has the power of the American people behind him. Let me just correct the, uh, the slight assertion you made there, we want Ukraine to win. We want to see Ukraine win with a lot more help from European allies. I think the United States has a role. Heritage has been clear about this for two years now, that we, there is a world in which we support military aid for Ukraine. Our first obligation in foreign policy is to look at it through the lens of what's best for the American citizen. Joe Biden has done a god-awful job in articulating what that is. The kind of person who will come into the next conservative administration is going to be governed by one principle, and that is destroying the grasp 
that political elites and unelected technocrats have over the average person. And if I may, I will be candid and say that the agenda that every single member of the administration needs to have is to compile a list of everything that's ever been proposed at the World Economic Forum and object <laughs> all of them wholesale. Donald Trump becomes president in 2025. Kevin Roberts says he should reject this agenda, and I know he will. I know he's not going to go along with something like this that is anti-capitalistic, that is anti-freedom, that is anti-everything. Now, brilliant, beautiful wife has a podcast called In Your Face, and the globalist elitist, when they met, discussing we got to do something to stop Trump from becoming president. And they had all kinds of suggestions and ideas. So I want you to hear Becky, my wife, her latest podcast, In Your Face, and all about the World Economic Forum and their opposition to Trump becoming president. Let's listen. Hello and welcome to the In Your Face podcast. I am your host, Becky Noble, and as always, thank you all so very much for hanging out with me today on the podcast. Well, this week, of course, we saw a massive win in Iowa for Donald Trump. He didn't just break the record for the highest vote percentage in Iowa caucus history. He shattered it. Trump beat out Florida Governor Ron DeSantis with 21% of the vote and former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, who came in with 19%. But the Iowa caucus results just kind of set up what I really want to talk about today. You know, most conservatives have known all along what's going to happen this year. Donald Trump is going to be the Republican nominee for president, and he has a very strong chance of being reelected. And as you can imagine, it has Democrats in the media going insane, but it also has one other group very worried. That would be the global elitists who have all private jetted their way to the World Economic Forum this week in Davos, Switzerland. Their worry, however, is not out of any concern for Americans. No, it is out of concern for their creepy globalist agenda. Philip Hildebrand is the vice chairman of the money management firm BlackRock. He said, quote, you know, we've been there before. We survived it, so we'll see what it means. Certainly from a European perspective, it's of course a great concern. Again, never mind the American perspective. Then there was European Central Bank President Christine Lagarde, who told a French television station, quote, If we draw lessons from history, by which I mean to say the manner in which he, meaning Trump, carried out the first four years of his mandate, it is clearly a threat. You just have to look at the trade tariffs. You just have to look at his commitment regarding NATO. You just have to look at his attitude regarding the battle against climate change. You have to love the way the global elitists are clutching their pearls at the thought of a second Trump presidency, mainly because, it, because if they fear it won't happen if Trump is reelected, then it is more than likely a good thing that whatever it is won't happen. We already know what the elites have in store for us, the great unwashed masses, the end of fossil fuels forcing us to drive electric cars, that apparently lose their charge in cold weather. Have you seen all those Teslas stranded at Chicago charging stations? 
phasing out meat so that we all have to eat crickets, not to mention massive wealth redistribution and censorship. But more than the green nightmare they want to push on the rest of the world, what they're most concerned with, quote-unquote concerned, is that they'll not, they will not be able to censor enough people. A kind of perfect storm is brewing for them in 2024. Not only are Americans going to the polls, but roughly 41% of the world's population, around 3.2 billion people, will take part in their country's elections this year. 450 million people in the European Union alone. So the elite's main problem this year seems to be how to force as many people as possible to vote the way they want them to. Not an easy task with people like Javier Mille in Argentina being elected. Also, the populist Alternative for Germany party is being threatened as well with censorship, as well as attempts to keep Donald Trump off several state ballots here in the United States. All in the name of, quote-unquote, saving democracy. The problem for John Kerry's snooty Euroweenie Davos friends will always be Americans. They don't understand Americans, they don't understand the idea of America, and they have no interest or intention to do so. They don't understand that Americans will not be told what to do and how to live, and that includes any kind of censorship by people who have nothing but disdain and hatred for them who look down on them. Americans are far too preoccupied with wrenching their country back from people who hate it right here at home to have the time to deal with those abroad who hate it. The elites do not want to have to deal with Donald Trump because having a strong American leader derails everything they want to implement, not just in America, but around the world. But too bad for the snooty global elitists. Donald Trump will be the next president of the United States because the people will make that decision. The snooty global elitists will just have to drown their sorrows in a nice big bowl of crickets. I'm Becky Noble. Thanks for listening to the In Your Face podcast. Does Klaus Schwab and the Economic Forum hate Donald Trump so much? Because he stands in the way of their globalist agenda. He is pro-American, pro-capitalism, pro-democracy, and these elitists know that's a threat to their entire system. But I didn't do this broadcast today to frighten any of us. All of us who are Christians have our hope, Christ and his return to establish his kingdom and his reign and bring the real great reset. Our hope is built on nothing less but his blood and his righteousness, and our hope is on he who is to come. I want to close out our time together with this great worship song from Christian Stanville. Let's listen.
Though we pray, we're waiting on you With our eyes on the horizon We are hungry, we are thirsty Won't you call? We pray, we pray Come, Lord Jesus, come Come, Lord Jesus, come Come, Lord Jesus, come Come, Lord Jesus, come We wait, we pray beautiful song of worship from Christian Stanfill, putting our faith and hope in the right direction. He who is to come, Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords, when he returns a second time, he will establish his kingdom. He will rule and reign for a thousand years and make every wrong right again. We should never fear economic form. We should never fear the plans of the globalist elitists. We should always keep our confidence, our faith, and our eyes fixed on Jesus. He is coming to snatch us away. And when he returns the second time, every global elitist and every conspirator will be laid to rest because he will rule with a rod of iron. He will rule with a righteous scepter. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And so today on the cross in the desert, I wanted to educate us about an organization that is paving the way for what is to come. But again, do not fear. There's one coming that is much greater, who will implement his rule and reign, and the true great reset is in the hands of Christ. He's got the whole world in his hands, not some globalist elitist who meet every January in Davos, Switzerland. So I hope I've educated you today. I hope that I've stirred your thinking, that you will be earnestly in prayer about this world that we live in, and and communicate the gospel and share the gospel with all that need to hear it. We are looking for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I want to thank you so much. God bless you. I will see you again on Thursday.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.